0: to Employing Differences, a conversation about the collaborative space between individuals.
1: I'm Paul Tevis.
0: And I'm Karen Gimnig.
1: Each episode, we start with a question, and we see where it takes us. This week's question is, what is in the room?
0: So we're looking at what comes into the room that we might not notice. So... Right, the, the obvious tangible is there are these people at a whiteboard and that sort of thing and we're assuming you've, you've got that. Um, but what's more interesting than the what we're getting at this week is what else shows up? So if you plan your agenda and you've got your topics and this is what we think we're going to talk about, what else is there? Because when you've got people in the room, they bring stuff. And the broader context brings stuff. So we're recording this the day after the election, so November fourth, twenty twenty, and we've been talking to clients who have been planning meetings last night and you know this week, and as we're looking at our work looking ahead and thinking about, okay, so what we know, we, we know there's gonna be a level of anxiety around in the broader world. There's gonna be a certain amount of uncertainty. We're still sitting with not having a result yet that in terms of the presidential election um, and, and just a lot of intensity and emotion around that. And to expect that your, your meeting's gonna happen without any impact from that to us seems unrealistic. So what else is in the room besides the things you thought were gonna be there?
1: Yeah. There is often a temptation to say, hey, we want to leave X at the door, right? Even when you acknowledge that this thing might be an influence, like we want to leave politics at the door. We want, we want you to this be a space where you don't have to worry about these things, where you can just focus on the, the work that you want to do. That's a, a really nice idea. Um, and uh, it, it doesn't work. Um, and in fact, trying to compartmentalize and trying to marginalize any of those hopes, fears, concerns, anxieties around whatever else is going on outside the room uh, by trying to push all those things and, and and ignore the fact that they could be coming into the room is counterproductive. Um, it actually it actually makes it worse. Uh, and so I think there, is a really key skill of being able to acknowledge what has come into the room. Sometimes when it comes in unexpectedly and uninvitedly, all right, and that isn't just like broader cultural things, like obviously the election's in the room with us here today, even though we are in two separate rooms in, in two, two separate states, um, and we could kind of predict that. But there may be any number of other unpredictable things that could show up at any particular point. And, you know, the the vernacular around this is sometimes, you know, about being able to name the elephant in the room, right? The thing that everybody acknowledges and no one is willing to talk about, right? Everyone knows it's there. But I think it's trickier than that. I think there are things where maybe only one or two people know that it's there, and they're acting in a way that other people sort of go, wait, what's going on here? Like, this doesn't make any sense. When we all know the elephant is there, it's easier for us to all address it. But when only one or two of us, you know, somebody's got a weasel, somebody's got a, 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 a rhinoceros, somebody else has a, you know, some other animal that's causing destruction, um, and the rest of the group has no idea what's going on, then it becomes even stranger.
0: And and I think there's a whole range of ways that we might respond or acknowledge or work with. And really, this is a discernment piece of what's going to work in this case because what's in the room, you know, it could be a similar work experience that went badly or a similar work experience that went well and has some expectations attached to that. It could be that somebody's, you know, 15 year old dog died this morning or you know something happened and and it could be that the thing to do is nurture that person or that thing or like hold space for that in this moment or that could be the last thing they want and the thing is to to go ahead and move on i i had an experience many years ago where i was late to work because i'd had a miscarriage and but it was an early miscarriage and it wasn't a big deal to me and i spent the whole day with people saying you know it's okay to be upset about that and i was like is it okay to not be is it okay that I'm, you know, like not to, you know, so it's not a one size fits all, or a here's the formula that tells us how to plug into it, but it, it's really helpful, so it might just be, okay, we hear that, you know, like we get that you may be different, and you may, like, you may not be your whole self, and we're going to sort of be aware, like it's just an awareness, and that's okay, it may be a Okay, let's pause and think about what, you know, like that should shift what we do. We need to have a conversation about that. Um, So I think just having some flexibility, and especially if it's something that relates to one person in particular, whether because they're the one who's most upset about it, like the election, some people are going to be much more engaged about that. Others are really not thinking about it as much. Um, so it may be engaging with the one person who really needs that engagement. It may be, let's reschedule this meeting. I mean, like This is not the day we can have that meeting. Um, and it may be, okay, we know and we care and we're here for you. And it sounds like it's good to just, we are gonna keep going. And you know, with a little bit of awareness, actually we are gonna mostly set it aside and because we've named it, we can. So I think any of those options is re- really reasonable.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the word discernment, and that's really true, right? There isn't a one size fits all for this. And it's, I mean, it's specific to the group and it's specific to whatever the the thing is. And so the more that your group actually practices this skill, right? Of being able to name what's going on um, for one person or for multiple people or for the whole group, and then say, so given that, what is useful for us to do and to have a conversation about it. So being able to, you know, in an extremely minor example, and in, in, on one end of the spectrum, I had a coworker at one point who just in a one-on-one meeting turned to me and said, just so you know, I have a terrible migraine right now. Right. And, and she says, so if I seem a little off, that's why. She didn't need me to do anything. And quite frankly, there wasn't anything I really, I was like, you know, do you want to continue? She's like, no, we can work through this. This is fine. Let's have this meeting. Let's, let's figure it out. Let's go. Right. But me knowing what was going on with her meant that I didn't ascribe all sorts of things to, like, I didn't think I was annoying her, right, (laughs) which is what I might have thought if I hadn't known that. But we were able to have a brief conversation about that and go, okay, there's there really awareness is the only thing we needed. We don't actually need to do anything different about this. Um, It meant that then when when we had other conversations where it's like, hey, I'm really concerned about this development that's happening in this in the company. I'm also concerned about that thing. What do what do we need to talk through so that we can then focus on the work that we need to do? building that practice of um, of acknowledging what is going on and then deciding what you wanna do about it is really useful because it means that if you do it when it's low stakes and practice it, you, you can do it better when it's high stakes. Um, and I will do that sometimes with teams, like often when they're kicking off uh, projects or they're starting to work on, on things together, um, I will ask them about, uh, what are things that might come up as you're working on this? I'm not saying that they're present in the room right now, but what are things that might come up in the future that might impact this work? Um, I did this once with a team where where they were kicking off a new project and I just kind of asked that and I explained sort of the, the reasoning behind some of this. And they said, Yeah, so one of the things you need to know is the last project that half of us worked on together, this is how it went, and this is why that didn't sit very well with us. So we may be a little reactive about those kinds of things when we are on this project. And the other half of the people in the room went, oh, really? Um, And so then they got to actually have a conversation about when those kinds of things come up, what do we want to do about it? Um, in some ways, it's forewarned is is forearmed. But the idea that if we are able to talk about what is present or what might, might become present, then we can decide how we want to be with it when it does show up.
0: Yeah, and I think you're pointing at sort of a macro level of we can think about it ahead and when we're planning and at that level, which makes perfect sense. I'll take it one level more macro and then kind of go a little more micro. So the one level more macro is in order for this to work, you have to have a culture within the, which this works. So that's what you're talking about, about it's okay to say I have a migraine or I'm distracted or um, or this great thing just happened to me and I'm distracted. Or, right. <laughs> or I have a lot of energy for this project and I'm just really passionate about it and it matters to me and I'm going to be irritated if you're distracted. Like. Whatever that, like, it's okay to show up with all of who I am. So that broader mm-hmm. culture is the more macro. Mm-hmm. And then looking at sort of a, the really sort of micro version, which is that I'm having a bad day thing or whatever might not not be predictable, not be big overarching. How do you discover those? And I think a big piece of that is to have a practice of check-in, that some version of when you gather and there's been any kind of space between, certainly at the start of a day or the start of a weekend, to pause and say, how how are we all arriving? In a way that doesn't take over the meeting, I mean, in a way that's appropriate to the amount of time that you have, but also with a culture that says, you know, hey, if you don't have anything, that's fine, you just pass, maybe, or maybe it's important for each of us to hear a little something from you every time, but but also that it really is okay to say, this is the thing that happened to me that I'm showing up with today. Um, and 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 then to navigate that so that your check-in is long enough to do what it needs to do to bring awareness to what's in the room, um, but doesn't just become social hour. So you actually have that productive efficiency time that you need. Um, and again, that's a discernment piece. There's not one size fits all, what works for every group, but. I think a check-in practice is a pretty essential piece of this.
1: One of the things that I've been asking a lot of my uh, coaching clients recently, as we begin, is what do you need to do or say in order to be fully present for the work we're about to do? Um, and with that, because it's one-on-one, like it's a very reflective space, you know, it's useful. Um, and in in groups where we're working together, and it's maybe not quite so. Um, so reflective or so intense or so personal, like that wouldn't be the right way to open. Um, But like being able, I I find it's really useful for people to have a moment to connect with themselves because I don't always realize what's going on with me in the moment. And unless I take a moment and slow down and go, how am I arriving? Oh, i'm noticing i'm really distracted because i'd really i my i'm feeling myself reach for my cell phone so that i can check the election results right <laughs> like i might not notice that but i but my hand is is totally doing it right um so giving people an opportunity one to just check in with themselves to see where are they at and then two to disclose any of that that they feel is relevant and useful for the group um, for me that's a like I've been working a lot with this idea of showing up as your whole self. I think it's important to be able to show up as your whole whole self and then to make conscious and informed choices about what it is useful and and productive to disclose about that. Um, f- because when we first come to understand what is in the room for us and then are able to name what's relevant for other people to know about what's in the room, then I think we can make, Um, a much more effective use of our time together.
0: Just to sort of tie it all together, I think first we're saying, be aware of what's in the room. Um, Do not assume that you can simply shut out the things you'd rather weren't there. Um, Invite the full self of everyone, create a culture where that's welcome. uh, Use discernment about how to respond to it. And as a sort of base practice, a check-in is a really great way to get there.
1: Well, on the flip side from the check-in, I think it's time for us to check out. So that's going to do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis.
0: And I'm Karen Gimnig. And this has been Employing Differences.